0: Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By, and this is our Street Smart Spirituality Hour. So I am so thrilled that you're able to tune in and join us each week. I want to make a couple of announcements. First, I want to make sure that everybody out there has the website to go to thedrpatshow.com or drpatshow.com, D R P A T show.com, And when you get to the website, make sure you check us out. Uh, sign up for a newsletter. Each month, we select one of you from our newsletter database, and we give you an iPod, uh, and I believe it's an iPod Nano, and as well as four CDs of the best of the Dr. Pat Show. Uh, we started that a while ago. We're also now going to look at for those of you that are in HD Radio land. We're also going to be providing that special offer. Um, Stay tuned. A couple weeks, we will have uh, for you the announcement of the folks that we've selected for the Holistic Makeover, Transformation from the Inside Out, along with having the winners pay it forward. We're going to be putting together a teleclass, which will be free. All of the amazing people that have showed up to support this event, Schwinn Bicycles, is giving away custom bikes to folks. This is a great time. It is my answer to, hey, what are you going to do about the economy? Well, we're going to give back. Uh, I'm thrilled today to have joining us on the show, Terry Daniel. She's a meditation teacher, channeler, author, hospice worker. Her new book, Uh, A Swan in Heaven, it's based on conversations with her son who died at age 16 and now shares insightful, inspired teachings from the other side. So today, you're going to get to join us by dialing that toll-free number uh, to talk with Terry, to, to ask your questions about what she has found out, and to explore what does it mean to move to the other side. Can we process grief through meditation and communication with the other side? That and much more. Uh, Terry's joining us here today with m- not just a heartfelt story, but a transformative story. Information that it had to have. A- <laughs> Terry actually had to have incredible courage to take this story and message out into the world. We're thrilled that she's joining us here today um, so that we can hear both her story but also about a swan in heaven. Terry, thank you so much for joining us here today. We've got a lot to talk about.
1: Yeah, we do. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show.
0: And thank you for being so patient waiting for us to connect with you here. Now that we're here, we're going to kick it up a little bit. First, I want to start off by a quote that I that I saw on your website. I want to start right at this point, mm-hmm. and the quote that's there, is, you know, it's a quote that I think you say is attributed to Abraham Lincoln, and the quote is this: "After age forty, you're responsible for your face." And I thought, what? Responsible for what? And I thought, okay, I'm not even going to begin this interview without asking you to talk about what that means. But more importantly, what does it mean for you?
1: Well, that's interesting, and I don't know who said that. And I think you're talking about one of my other websites, and and it is on there. And responsible for your face, really, you know, in the old days in the 70s, we, with est we would have said, responsible yeah. for your condition. That's right. So it's the same thing. Yeah. And, you know, of course you ha- you're responsible for your condition, but that's the hardest lesson that we all have to learn. The biggest thing we have to walk through is the blame and victimization
2: mm-hmm. mentality.
1: And this is why our experiences on Earth are so intense, because they're constantly pushing us because our souls are constantly pushing us to get to the place where we see that we are working in tandem with our own higher selves and with unseen energies around us that are there to push us forward and to help us. So it is, you know, I don't know if 40 really does it for most people. It might be 50 or 60 by the time we figure it out, that we are our own creation.
0: Well, and, and, you know, and you're right. I mean, uh, clearly, when I entered into my 40s, my life started to seem completely out of alignment with who I was becoming. And, you know, I didn't have the language I have now. And, you know, many people ask me, wow, you know, you must have been doing this stuff, this stuff, whatever it is I do here. You know, talk radio of the highest level of consciousness possible, maybe. And they, and they wondered, you must have been doing this for a long time. And I think back and I say, no, really, not really. Um, You know, probably like many people, came the way of much resistance beginning in my 40s, but then moving up to this point where now you and I get to have an extraordinary, extraordinary conversation about a swan in heaven.
1: (laughs) Yes, and it was, you know, for me, I I never really felt like I wasn't aligned with my true self because I was always kind of a radical, rebellious kid And I was sort of a seeker and a bohemian, you know, even when I was 12. (laughs) So I always kind of was there. But, of course, I still needed to be shaken out of my comfort zone like we all do. That's what we come here to Earth to do. And so my experience with my son was the thing that did that for me. And he was uh, diagnosed with a life-threatening illness when he was 10. Mm -hmm. And people said to me, well, now that you're looking at this, does this change the radical, woo-woo, New Age way that you think about things and bring you back to sort of a more traditional view of God or, you know, uh, God works in mysterious ways and we can't understand it or God punishes us. And people ask me that, and they said, no, not in a million years. In fact, it affirms what I've already intuitively known, that there is no punishment. There is a reason for everything, and that everything happens to further the growth of everybody involved. And I was even able to look at it that way when my son was diagnosed. I mean, I was heartbroken, of course. But I kind of looked at it like, well, okay, I guess this is what we're going to do now. And I thought, his soul has its own intention. So what if I just kind of shift my perception and honor that and see what it's here to show me?
0: Well, I mean, isn't that like a leap? Uh, but let's let's talk about this for a minute in terms of, you know, whether it is or it isn't a big leap, real, leap really, because, you know, I, I've read what you've written. I mean, certainly to come right out in the beginning of the book and uh, describe what that was like to have Danny in your arms as he took his last breath and within a very, very short period of time, you had an extraordinary experience. And I would love for you to share with our listeners what that experience was like and how this has now become a basis for a whole new conversation.
1: Well, I was always somewhat of an intuitive. Um, my intuitive abilities started to increase as he began to get sicker. And one of the things with his particular illness is it took away his ability to talk. So for the last couple of years of his time on earth, he couldn't talk. So we had already begun sort of practicing telepathic communication in a way, which many parents do with children, with your newborn baby, they can't talk and you sort of know what's going on, right? And um, I had had a lot of readings with various psychics and counselors who explained to me as this whole path was unfolding, a lot of why Danny was here and, and what we were here to work on together, because I like I said, I was always into that stuff, so it didn't mm-hmm. come as a big surprise. I knew um, that we would be working together between dimensions. I knew this before he died. What really surprised me was how fast it happened and how easy it happened. He um, literally showed up 30 minutes after he died and started communicating with me in the most Comical, loving, natural way imaginable. It wasn't, you know, spooky lights flashing or electronics breaking down, you know. Right, 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 was, right, right. It was just like talking to somebody. And it got more and more comfortable and natural all the time as time went by. And, and now he's just with me all the time. I mean, I, I'm thinking my thoughts and his thoughts at the same time. But right after he died, his first appearance to me is uh, he'd been out of his body for about 30 minutes, and I was lying on the bed next to him and holding him. And I said, kind of to the universe, show me a picture of where you are right now. And I instantly got the most absurd picture of him walking in very shallow water, a couple inches of water, kicking his feet and laughing and wearing jeans with the cuffs rolled up and a little white T-shirt and he looked like James Dean in Rebel Without a Cause. Ah. This is the first image he showed me. Mm-hmm. And it was like that ever on after that. And we began talking, and he began showing me visions of, you know, the world that that we sort of construct on the other side as we're learning certain lessons and meeting the teachers that we're working with, and he just revealed the whole thing to me.
0: Terry, what was your response? What was your reaction? Did you... Did you, you know, in that moment that you know that Danny was communicating with you, or that you you were able to connect with him? Did you think you were hallucinating, or was it easy enough for you to say, "Wow, this is really happening to me now"?
1: It was so obvious. I I would have never, for a minute, thought I was hallucinating because I sort of expected it. I had hoped for it, and I trusted it. And you know, with channeling, the biggest issue. Right. Because and that's what this you know that's what the religions and the spiritual scriptures all over the world are talking about when they talk about faith. That is the true meaning of faith: to know that you have an open conduit to other dimensions at all times, and you can always access it. So I already had that faith. So it was it was pretty easy for me. And I mean, I laughed and cried at the same time. And I immediately started writing down everything he showed me. And I could feel the difference between my thoughts, my words, and his, because I could feel the difference in his energy. It didn't feel like me, and it didn't feel like my words.
2: Mm.
0: How does this, or how has this for you? I'm going to ask probably the most obvious question How is this, Terry? How has this changed your life?
1: <laughs> Great question. This is, um, this, this is going to sound very weird to a lot of people, but this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Mm. And I know that this was a, a pre-birth agreement that Danny and I had in this incarnation that we would come together and do this. Um, there were, as you probably remember from the book, there were many, many lessons that were unfurled and, and revealed through the course of his illness and death But it has moved me into a place of complete Hmm. comfort with, um, how can I say it, I feel connected to the higher realm Hmm. all the time.
0: Well, you know, it's interesting you say that because um, I didn't even give out the phone number, but I actually think we have a caller calling in. Let's go to the phones. Who do we have joining us tonight? Who's calling in?
2: Hello. Hello. Hi, my name is Zena. Hi,
0: how are you? Um, and l- tell us your name one more time. Zena, like warrior princess Zena. I love that. Where are you calling from, Zena? I'm calling from New York. <clears throat> New York. Well, thank you for calling in. I want to, to introduce you to Terry Daniel. Terry, say hi to Zena. Hi,
1: Zena. Thank you for calling.
0: You're welcome. Thank you. What can we do for you tonight?
2: Um, I was just listening to a little bit when you all were saying, talking about getting to be 40 and being aligned with your true self or not being aligned with your true self. And that's one of the things that I happen to be going through right now. I'm actually going to be 40 next year. And this year there's a lot of changes that have been going on in my life. And numerology-wise, they tell me that's what's going on and it's great and wonderful. But going through the process, it's not great and wonderful. And it's like I have always had kind of like, I've always been rebellious myself. But I've had family members and friends that what I call they try to be true in officers or police me or they're my parents instead of my friend. And it's like, it's always like, oh, you need to change this about you or you need to do that. And and I'm getting to a point in my life and I'm looking back on my life and I'm like, this is absolutely ridiculous. And when has it become a time where I'm able to be me and be happy with being me, no matter how that is. You know what I'm saying? How radical, how wild, how crazy I am. I have to be happy and be me. I love this. Terry. I can't wait to hear what you're
0: about to say.
1: Well, um, I'm actually going to read you a little quote from the book uh, from Danny because you had said something about that uh, it wasn't comfortable, it wasn't good. I can't remember exactly what you said. But one of the big lessons that Danny teaches is something he calls the gratitude channel. Mm. So that for every trauma, every difficulty you experience, the more you can see the the gratitude for it being your own creation,
2: Mm.
1: the easier it is to sort of breathe through that transition. And I'm going to read to you what he says. I think that's
0: great. Okay, Zena, are you okay
1: to
2: hear this all right? Oh, definitely. Okay, here we go. very
1: short. God only gives, never takes away. When you feel that something's been taken from you, a beloved friend or a pet, a job, or even if your house is blown away in a hurricane, It is actually a gift from God to propel you toward a much-needed change that your soul has been craving. So your ego self may have no awareness of that need. The next step in your life, the next thing that your soul not only desires but planned as its next step could not happen unless the thing you lost was taken from you. The truth is that God only gives. The illusion of having something taken away is nothing more than an opportunity to practice forgiveness and release and let your soul follow its course.
2: I think it's very powerful.
1: You know, so turning 40, whatever it is that you're looking at, whatever it is, it is, it's to say, a little silly cliche, you're exactly where you're supposed to be, doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing, or you'd be somewhere else doing something else.
0: Well, wow, that's kind of an interesting, that's, that's an interesting perspective. You know, when we look at that, um I, you know, I definitely have had multiple times to really take a look at, kind of at the same place that I think, Zena, that you're at. I mean, you know, I went through this place, and I think it was around 40. 40 was like a really, you know, shake-up year for me. Um, and I got to this place where I almost got a little bit, let's call it, huffy with myself and my life. It's like I, I got this, like a, like a five-year-old child having a little temper tantrum about my life. And, you know, here I was supposed to be at the top of my game making a six-digit salary, you know, had a home on close to five acres, three cars, a motorcycle, and I was really ticked off. <laughs> how do we, Terry, how do we go from this place of maybe being at this, this, this fence, and Zena, jump in if this is you, where, where we don't think that we're at the place that we should be and we want to be at another place. I mean, what would Danny say about something like that?
1: Well, he constantly talks about the the gratitude channel. In a state of gratitude, you accept everything with love.
0: Yeah, I love that.
1: Because you recognize it as your own creation. And how can you not love your own creation? Mm. So, you know, and if it feels so stuck that it's causing you so much pain, the trick is to completely relinquish control. Oh, wow. And meditation is... What I have found and what I've been taught by my teachers, physical and Mm non-physical, is the way to go through that releasing process where you um, can just go through your internal dialogue, look at every thought and let it go and kind of surrender to your soul's plan. So you Mm -hmm. can just lay there in meditation and say, okay, whatever, show me what it is.
2: Okay, now Zena, I think you've got some great information here. My thing is, for me personally, there's certain things, of course, that I am not completely doing in my life, but that's not completely and totally the problem. The problem is, like, for instance, tonight a friend or someone I'm friendly with calls me up because they had a job that they were telling me about, and they were saying, and one of my things I had said to her in the past was, I wasn't paying to get a license for a job that I'm really not interested in doing. I'm only doing it to pay the bills. Right. So her thing was like, well, you know, well, the company's going to pay for it now, so you don't need any more excuses. And I'm like, wait a minute, who said anything about an excuse? My thing is, I'm living my own life. I'm not complaining to other people, but why are people calling me up, telling me how they feel I should be living my life? Why is my life bothering them? But I'm not complaining to you. That's my point. Yeah. So I'm getting to a point that I'm getting older, and I'm saying, you know what? This is BS. This is about me. This isn't about everybody else and I'm not sitting back, and I'm not letting people dump on me and police me. Okay, saying, I've got an answer I'm for tired. you. I, I've got a solution for you. And I think it's exactly what Terry
0: was talking about. Here's what's kind of cool about what you're saying, because believe me, I have been there. As a matter of fact, I'm kind of there right now. I've learned two things about this. And I think the, the most important thing for you, if you don't mind me saying is to know that you're really clear about who you are, and you absolutely found that. Am I correct? I think so. Yeah. Okay. And Terry, wouldn't you say? I would say she's pretty clear.
1: Yeah. What What I'm hearing though is, you know, other people are telling you right. this and that, and all I would say to that is, who cares? Yes. <laughs> Thank Why you. Why do you care? Thank you. And so what I'm hearing there is that is that you're not really who you are because you're still vulnerable. To other people's thoughts and other people's whatever they're doing. And, you know, eventually you can get to a place where you are just so firmly rooted in your past that anybody who criticizes you or harasses you or whatever they're doing just falls away, just falls away out of your life. Well, that's
2: that's what I'm starting to do is at this age now cutting people away because I've gone through this most of my life. It's either it's in church, it's it's your parent, it's your relative, it's your friends. It comes from a lot of different avenues. And yep. it's like something that I've grow, grown up with. So that's why I'm saying I know who I am and I like me. I know my bad points. I know my good points. I know things I need to change. But I still like me. It's when I'm trying to please other people that I'm saying, wait a minute, and I'm taking people dumping on me and telling me how they want me to be and not standing up for myself, and that's what makes me angry. And I'm starting to get to a point where I'm standing up for myself. People don't like it, so friends go and drop me by the wayside. And I'm like, you know what, that's all right. Exactly. And, you know,
0: when you take a stand, I did a, sh- a half-hour show, uh, and it's, the archive should be up on my, my website. I did a half-hour show the other day uh, about my experience in the desert. And I'm not going to share the whole story. But if you want to listen to it, you could go ahead and read it. Uh, go ahead and listen to it. But the the title of the show is called The Rattlesnake Rattlesnake Song, Standing Your Ground. And one of the things that I want to say to you, and I hope this helps, is that you're at a crossroads right now. You're going to get to choose the energy and the vibration that you decide is going to help you stand tall, stand proud with self-confidence. I think Terry, Terry said it well the place that you're looking to be at where you truly believe in who you are and what you stand for is going to be so peaceful for you, Zena. It's going to be so peaceful for you that you will become invincible. And so I would say right now from where you are and standing tall in what you believe, look for that place of peace. So once you get to move beyond the anger whatever it is that's coming off of these other folks, you're going to be at this place where it doesn't matter what they say to you because you're so true to yourself and who you are and what your life is about that it's not going to matter. And I think that's why they showed up for you in your life. That's why they've shown up for you. It is this place that you're at right now where when you look at your life, Nothing anyone can say, nothing anyone can do to really penetrate the truth of who you are. And so if there is a way for you to do that and let this roll off you and you to stand in the power of who you are, that's when you know you're at
2: home and you've arrived. Does that make sense to you? Oh, definitely, because like how you said, one of the things I put out there was like this was the year that before this year is over with I have to get past this anger Past the hurt, past these different things, and then come more to that level of peace. And I'm okay with me. So definitely, all of what you said, I definitely appreciate it. You know, I okay. And it. and and you
0: know what? Let me tell you. That's how you know you're on the verge of something big, because when you are, all of this crusty stuff shows up and is right back in your face. So when I say you're at a turning point, you're at this point now, where you are a conscious individual that is going to decide. I am going to I am going to respond to this with love. I'm not going to respond to it with anger.
1: I would like to add gratitude to that.
0: Absolutely. And the way
1: that gratitude works is, you know, people have a hard time understanding that. Uh, <laughs> the greatest teachers and the greatest soulmates that you have in your life, because you don't just have one, are the ones who give you the hardest lessons. So the person who is giving you the, the roughest time of all, you look at them and you... Move yourself to a higher space, and you say, "Thank you, thank you for that, because you're waking me up. You're sticking needles in my eyes. You're, you're giving me the irritant, like the irritant little speck of dirt <laughs> inside an oyster that makes a pearl. That's what the people around us are for.
0: Absolutely. And that's
1: what you know. People think that they're going to find one soulmate in this life that's going to make them happy. That couldn't be further from the truth.
0: All right. That is that is absolutely. I have that's
2: questions. the path. I have a question though. Okay. And you're, you're feeling grateful to people, and I know when I last time I got in an argument with um, a guy who, like, an ex-boyfriend, I actually did say to him, you know, thank you for the learning lesson because I realized you showed me, you know, whatever. But my point is, even if you're feeling whether it's your sister, your best friend, your mother, your boyfriend, your aunt, yes, you're grateful for the lesson they gave you, but that doesn't mean that they have to stay in your life or that oh, you have no. to continue with the experience with them. Absolutely not. No. Because sometimes it is basically these people like so the person needs to see themselves also and what I'm finding with people it's always the pointing of the finger saying it's you 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 and like people are like oh you're not gonna make it seem like I did anything to you I, you're not gonna sh- make it seem like something's wrong with me. And it's a thing of, okay, that's fine. Thank you for the learning lesson, but it's two people in a two-party system, and both people have to learn something in the process.
0: Yep. Yeah, and but what I want to say to you is don't pay attention to what the other person learns. This is all about you. People are on their own separate journey. They're on their own separate path, and you know what? We can be as grateful as we can possibly imagine, and that may not be with the intention of changing someone else. We're here on this planet to take a look at the inside first. Once you master who you are from the inside out, it's not going to matter who these other people are, whether or not they're grateful, whether or not they even know that there is a lesson, whether or not they even care. You're going to get to a place where gratitude in your life is not going to be the exception. It's the way of being.
1: And the other thing about that, too, is whether we like the sound of this or not, Wishing that other people would behave differently is us wanting to control them. Mm. And one of the big things that you can get to, to learning is not wanting, not needing other people to behave differently. What mm-hmm. you're talking about is, I don't want these people to behave this way. I want them to be different. Mm-hmm. And that, as you go through life, you find out, and if, if you're on a spiritual path and you do meditation and you really do focus on this work, you start to release all that expectation of other people behaving a certain way and learn that they are here on their path doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing. They're evolved to the level that they are at and their purpose in your life is to teach you something and then you just release them. You don't like what they do, so what?
0: Exactly. Exactly. Thank you, Zena. Thank you for joining us here tonight. Thank you for, you know, the, the livening up the show here around this conversation. I think it's a message that all of us, uh, you know, could hear over and over again. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Uh, you know, we're going to take a short break right now. A very special guest here joining me today, uh, Terry Daniel, uh, joining me on the Dr. Pat Show. A fabulous, fabulous book that she has written, Swan in Heaven, is the title of the book, Uh, Conversations between two worlds. Uh, Melissa Gilbert, actress, board president, Children's Hospice, great, great comment on the book. This is an extraordinary book. It moves, I move beyond words. That is what we're talking about tonight. We're talking about how do we tap into that energy? How do we tap into that information? How do we have those conversations When we come back from break, we'll talk about how to reach our guides with my very special guest today. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show.
1: discover what the meaning behind sacred spiritual space is and how it can be a healing part of your garden or home environment. Mary Fonts, registered nurse and landscape specialist, teaches about using nature, artifacts, healing energy, and angel readings to create sacred space. A spiritual garden offers methodologies that bring peace and healing to your special place. Call 508-339-5444
2: and visit aspiritualgarden.com That's aspiritualgarden.com Visit the premier online store where science and spirit unite. Shop consciously. Explore new ideas and connect with your world at bleepstore.com. Find the latest in spiritual and documentary films, green living products, and online articles. Dr. Pat listeners receive 10% off with coupon code DRPAT. That's D-R-P-A-T at checkout. Go to the DrPatshow.com and click on Bleep Store to start your experience. The Thedrpatshow.com.
1: Hey, are you one of those people who need a boost of motivation to lose those extra pounds and inches? Well, here it is. Take the Sugar-Free Miracle Weight Loss Challenge and earn $100 for every 10 pounds you lose. I'm Karen Bentley, creator of the amazing Sugar-Free Miracle Diet, which you'll love. It's easy, sustainable, and it stops out-of-control eating. To participate, send me an email at expert at sugarfreemiracle.com. That's expert at sugarfreemiracle.com, and I'll send you the details.
2: Polaris Business Guides is ready to hand you the keys to a successful future. When you master the eight keys to a prosperous business, you'll accomplish more while doing less. You'll overcome success roadblocks, create powerful partnerships, build wealth, succeed in spite of economic challenges,
1: and more. The next teleclass begins October 9th, and there's no risk because Madeline Gerwick offers a money-back guarantee, so you have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Sign up today and learn the eight keys to easily build and sustain the ultimately prosperous business. Call 877-524-8300 for
0: complete details and to register or visit PolarisBusinessGuides.com for the
2: keys to your prosperity. Visit P-O-L-A-R-I-S com or call 877-524-8300 Your prosperity awaits you.
0: Welcome back everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat show, Talk Radio to Thrive by. In case you're wondering, you know, who created that beautiful intro song that we have, the songs that we play. That's our buddy Nick who's been working with the Dr. Pat show. That's one of his tunes and he's given us permission to play that and we're thrilled that we have it here on the show. Very, very incredible show today. I'm so thrilled that I'm able to have Terry Daniel joining me here on the show. We're talking about her book, but we're talking about her life. Uh, the book is A Swan in Heaven. If you go to the website swaninheaven.com, you're going to be able to find lots of information there and also a way to get a copy of the book. Um, Terry, thank you so much for joining us here today. I want to thank Zena for calling in. Uh, the question I want to ask you, we just had this conversation with Zena and, and, you know, people have asked me, you know, how is it you do what you do? And I've never really known how to ask them. What I want to ask you is when you connect with people, like when you're answering my questions or when you're asking, answering our listeners' questions, you know, what part, of the, what part does Danny play in that?
1: I love that question, and it's and it's great because it's changed over time. Danny's been on the other side for two years now, and when this first began and I was writing my book and I was teaching and doing interviews, I used to worry about, is it me going to be talking and teaching, or is it him, and do I get some sort of signal that he's coming through, how will I know? And I really kind of stressed over this for a while, and I used to go into meditation and light candles and do all this to prepare myself um, to receive him, and after about a year and a half, it started to change, and one time a psychic told me, explained it this way, she said, the way you communicate with Danny now is as if you're in an airplane looking out the window at a swimming pool on the ground below, Mm -hmm. and you can see that swimming pool, but pretty soon it's going to be like you're in the pool. That's how different your communication is now than what it will be, the difference of 30,000 feet in an airplane. And sure enough, one day something just clicked in, and um, I realized that I didn't have to do anything to access him, that I, it's almost like he lives uh, side by side with where I live, if that makes sense. And when I talk, he is always talking through me, And I used to ask uh, one of my spiritual teachers, well, when I speak and I give classes and I do interviews, um, am I doing this on my own or will Danny be coming and helping me? And they said, you can't do it on your own, even if you wanted to, because you're not on your own anymore. You are the mouthpiece for Danny and this group of teachers. And every time you open your mouth and start talking about these subjects, it is them coming through you. And people have asked me, do I do readings? And I thought, well, I don't know. Do I do readings? Is this something I'm supposed to do? It's all just coming to me kind of new. And it it came pretty clear to me that, no, I'm not. I don't do readings. You know, I can't do medical intuitive stuff or anything like that with Danny. Danny's purpose, very clearly, is to teach through me. And he's told me many times that the reason he chose to incarnate with me as his mother is because I'm a writer and a public speaker, and I would be a good, a good choice for that role. You know, the whole thing was planned long before he came to Earth.
0: Well, it's interesting. I was reading. I was reading a, a little bit from the book, and I, and for those of you again that um, are listening to the show, you want to find out more about the book. Is swaninheaven.com dot com the best place for folks to go?
1: Uh huh. I mean, they can get the book on Amazon. Okay, but uh, if you go to my website, swaninheaven.com, you'll get all the Juicy background
0: information. Uh, so I, I don't remember exactly what I was reading or when I was reading it and preparing for tonight's show, um, but I was reading something, and it, and it sounded like it was, it was, it was Danny, um, uh, you know, that was, uh, um, um, that was speaking. So what I was reading, it was a story that I think he was telling you about the fact that he was four years old. Uh-huh. And at four years old, it was something about he told you that he came from Jupiter. Uh-huh. And I would like for you to share that because, you know, imagine being, okay, all right, I'm not saying this is me, but let's imagine for a minute that, you know, I have a four-year-old sitting on my lap and all of a sudden, you know, I've got this four-year-old now telling me, okay, I think I'm from uh, Jupiter. <laughs> and imagine what most moms would say. But I would love for you to share a little bit more about that story and what you said.
1: Well, he did start saying that when he was four years old, and he gave me detailed descriptions of what life on Jupiter was like and told me that why he came here, that he came here to Earth to learn. He told me that he had another family on Jupiter and that he would be going back there to see them very soon. I mean, he told me all this when he was four. And... Because I've always been interested in metaphysical things, this didn't shock me or anything. I loved it. And I said, well, tell me more about it. Let's draw a picture of it. You know, I was very excited about it. I think that, you know, in, in maybe in our generation or in the New Age genre, whatever, that a lot of mothers would be responsive to that. And I encouraged him to talk about it all the time. When he was a little bit older, he started talking about a place called Ghost city and he said that's where people go when they die they go to ghost city and they go to school there and they learn how to drive cars <laughs> this is what he said because <laughs> I mean, he was like you know five or six right. at the time and that's the way a kid would think but of course i realized much later that he was telling me what was going to be happening to him it's, it's like he's been preparing me for this you know from from day one
0: he is really you know he came here as a teacher but I must say, uh, you know, I, I'm speaking with you, Terry, right now, and it's almost as if, and boy, you know, actually, this has never really happened to me before. You know, as I was, you know, reading the information preparing for the show today, I mean, it was really struck. I mean, I can't even imagine what it would be like to lose a child. I, I can't. But what I just realized today in talking with you, because this, This didn't happen like, what, 20 years ago, right? This is fairly recently. Uh What I was really struck by, actually like two minutes ago, was that I don't have a sense of sadness around this. This is really unusual for me, by the way. You know, I'm usually picking up a lot of stuff, especially around something like this. Uh What I'm realizing, you and I are having a conversation as if Danny is right here with us.
1: I'm so happy to hear you say that. Because yeah. Because that is exactly right, and people say that to me all the time. My mother, who was Danny's grandmother, who comes from a different generation, you know, who views death as a sad tragedy mm-hmm. and all that, she says to me all the time, it's like Danny isn't even dead. It's like he, he just went somewhere else. And he is. Danny is with us right now. You can feel him. And I, I I think you can feel him because of your own intuitive abilities, but also because he comes through me with so much joy Yeah. that this, there's nothing that feels tragic about this. And when people say to me, oh, you lost a child, you know, I can almost be almost a little sarcastic, you know, and I go, no, he's not lost. I know exactly where to find him. Right. And he is so close to me that you feel him. People can feel him all the time. And there is such a difference of when I talk and when he talks. But as I said earlier, me talking and, and Danny talking has almost become one, a separate thing, like the two of us overlapping and becoming a third voice. And it's almost kind of a, an increase in, in channeling technology, I guess, is something you can say. But yes, he is very present, and he is such an amazing, radiant being of love that his energy just it makes you feel happy.
0: That's exactly, you know, what, I, what for me, that's the sense I'm feeling. I mean, it's kind of like I just had this aha moment where I thought, oh, wait a minute, why aren't we all sad about this? And, I mean, it doesn't last me very long. Maybe I think Dan- Danny jumped in and
1: answered the question. He did. And he so, was, you were probably expecting to have a sad interview about with a woman who lost a child, right? You know, I, I
0: didn't know what to expect. I <laughs> usually wait till I show up. But when we did show up, by the way, uh-huh. it wasn't sadness that showed up. Yeah. And, and, and here's what I want to talk about with you. Um, you know, people are thinking, in the movie Ghost, so brilliantly portrays, the stereotypical way that people channel people that have gone to the other side. I mean, Whoopi Goldberg, right, with the whole table and the crystal ball and everything. And I wanted to ask you, what can you say to folks that are thinking, wow, intuitively I should be able to talk to the other side, but it's just not happen- happening. What can we say to folks that you've learned from Danny about how this works, how this communication works.
1: Wonderful question. Thank you for asking it. And um, the simple answer is anybody can do it. It doesn't, you know, the table doesn't shake and the thunder doesn't come from the sky. I'm going to give you an example, and this just came to me. Danny put this into my mind recently. Do you remember a song from the 1940s called Scarlet Ribbons? yes. Okay. Yep. Was, yep. And, you know, some of us are old enough to remember that. My mother used to sing that song to me when I was a little Yeah,
0: mine did too. <laughs> right. Yeah. And yeah.
1: in this song, for those who don't know, a man peeks into his little daughter's room to say goodnight and he finds her saying her prayers and she's asking God to send her some scarlet ribbons for her hair. So the dad goes to his room and goes to sleep and he's really sad because he's poor and he can't afford to buy her these beautiful ribbons. And when he gets up the next morning and goes in her room, there are scarlet ribbons laying on her bed, and he cannot for the life of him ever, as long as he lives, figure out how they got there. Well, this song, sweet little song from the 40s, sort of personifies the stereotype of what we think happens in that bridge between the physical and the non-physical. In this case, it's a prayer mm-hmm. and an answer to a prayer. Is We have been taught through... Hollywood movies and through the Bible and the miracles and all that kind of stuff that the universe communicates with us in magic tricks and the ribbons just appear. But the way it really works is when you open your heart and you open a conduit between yourself and the higher realms, and we all have that conduit, um, the answers to our questions or our requests or our prayers, whatever you want to call them, come immediately, but they don't come in neat little magic packages like Whoopi Goldberg or Scarlet Ribbon. They come in symbols and in other kinds of signs. So let's say you're really struggling. Let's say Zina, for example, is really struggling with something, and today she goes online and she happens to hear this conversation and, and you and I happen to say exactly the thing that moves her to another level. Or how many times have you had a book Come to you that was exactly the book that you needed to answer yep. a certain question. So that's a long uh, explanation of how it works. All you have to do is be open to the fact that you are connected to the higher realm. It is your home, it is where we come from. And we were never intended to come to Earth and just be left alone. We have guides and teachers and loved ones on the other side, all kinds of people are out there talking to us all the time. It broadcasts like a radio station. So if you're a TV station, if you're watching Channel 5, Channel 7 is still broadcasting, you're just not tuned into it.
0: Oh, right, that's brilliant the way you just explained that. That's right.
1: Yeah, or if your TV is off, all those signals are still all over the place, aren't they? You just didn't turn the TV on. So... That's the best way that I can explain it. And the next question is, well, how do you turn the TV on? How do you tune in? And that is a process that takes practice. If you're coming from that other way of thinking where you're expecting scarlet ribbons and water turned into wine and stuff like that, it's a process that you get to through meditation and various kinds of spiritual practices of releasing your attachment to the physical world and a physical description of things. And so people expect to hear their loved ones on the other side in their physical voice or perhaps see a visual image of them. Those expectations actually get in the way.
0: And really block us from the natural and easy flow of things.
1: Exactly. I mean,
0: it's almost like we're, we're trying to contrive what we think, you know, we know about a world that we know nothing about, or very little about, but we have our human experience to try to explain it. I, I think in the book, uh, there's a place in there where I think Danny talks about that, and I'm, I'm trying to remember what it was, but, you know, the point is that I remember from the book it's that, you know, he's speaking with you and he's saying, I don't experience the same things you're experiencing. Uh-huh. And I almost think that, you know, there was, a, there was something where he said, that you can't know what I'm experiencing. I, I experienced something like that, but what what we're talking about here is creating the bridge and yes. letting go of these man-made things that we've created that are blocking what some people say is a very natural way of being.
1: Well, because we all we do have that connection in us, but we've been there. There were times in history prior to uh, the. Most of the teachings we've had are, you know, the Judeo-Christian structure. Mm-hmm. Before that existed, people were had a different structure, and in other parts of the world there are different structures, where there, have, there are cultures where people just grow up knowing that they're connected, and they talk to God or angels or whatever they want to call it all the time. In our particular culture, we've been given something, a different structure, that actually, I believe, takes us away from that, mm-hmm. from our natural Connection to it, but it is really totally natural. But in order to activate that connection, you have to first believe that it's there. And that takes a lot of deprogramming for a lot of people. A lot of people have been told that that's evil, that you're not supposed to do that. But it's interesting that if statistically 90% of the people in the world, regardless of their religious beliefs, Believe that there is a soul or an essence or something that lives on after death, yet they don't believe we can talk to that soul. Why? Why draw that line?
0: Well, I mean, you know, that's a question I think that many of us really talk about, uh, you know, at many different points in time. Everything from I'm afraid, I'm afraid mm-hmm. that there is no line, to I'm afraid I won't have the skill to actually cross that line. I mean, You know, so there are so many ways to look at this. But you had the experience probably, I would imagine, and correct me if I'm wrong, at one of the most vulnerable times in your life when probably you might have been about as open as one gets.
1: That's a good point. And Danny actually talked about that, um, about grief. And I use this a lot uh, in my grief work because I work with hospice patients. And um, I'm trying to think what he said here. Well, I'll just paraphrase it. Um, The place in your heart where you feel grief is the same place in your heart where you feel love. And so when somebody is grieving, it happened to me today. I I walked my neighbor's five-year-old to school today. I have not been in an elementary school since Danny was in an elementary school. Mm. And here I was around all these little children, and there was even a little boy in a wheelchair. You know, things that would make most mothers who've lost a child fall to pieces. And I did feel really emotional when I was walking home, but it didn't feel like pain. It felt like love. And I think that when you move into that gratitude place, the pain of grief, that openness, that rawness, instead of hurting like pain, just feels intense, like the depth of love. Mm. And it's a fine line between those two things. And my mother's husband died uh, last year, and when she gets really sad, and she says, oh, I'm sad, I'm crying, I don't want to cry, I don't want to feel this, I say, you're just feeling his presence. You're feeling that love. You're just re-stimulating the love that you feel in your heart for him. It's just lighting that up again. It's not really pain.
0: Mm. And, you know, the book is such a beautiful, beautiful way, first of all, to get to know Danny. Um, and for me, more importantly, to be reminded of some of the lessons, uh, of some of the knowledge, of some of the teachings, and you know, as this this time, you know, Terry has gone so very, very quickly. You know, I, I'm so intrigued that I just skipped right by two breaks. Oh, <laughs> really? Um, you know, I wrote down something for tonight, and I and I and I believe it's in the book. And I think what Danny says is. Uh, is something like, uh, are, you know, yeah, I didn't die. Nobody right. dies. Nobody dies. And I wrote that down, and I put it on, you know, in my office. And I don't know why I wrote it down, and I don't know why I put it in there. Maybe because I lost my mother when I was eight, but I never really lost my mother. I talked to my mother today. Uh-huh. But what an amazing question. What does that mean to you? How does Danny want us to see this.
1: To see that there is no death, um, that's that's really what it is. I was uh, working with a man the other day whose 16-year-old son was hit by a train, and he's stuck in a place of, what a waste. I wanted this kid to grow up and be a veterinarian. I wanted him to be this. His life was wasted. And the teaching from Danny on that was, life doesn't end. He's still growing up to be whatever it is he's supposed to be. He's just doing it in a different form. So his physical life on earth ended and he was you know, studying to be a veterinarian and now he got killed by a train and now he's, on the other side, continuing that work.
2: Mm. It
1: continues. There is, well, I can't say there is no line because obviously there's a line between physical and non-physical but um, life just continues. There really truly is no death but it's hard for people to get that because again of you know we've been taught a certain structure that defines there's life then you die right and it's over or another structure you die and then you get judged if you're bad or good you go to heaven or hell i mean there's all these structures that terrify people and you know nobody's really taught us an alternative view which is Oh, well, your body dies, and then you go vibrate on another frequency.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you know probably that's kind of an interesting conversation, depending upon what religion you, you sort of affiliate yourself with. And it's almost like, you know, you know, first you die, and then, by the way, you die again. And again
1: and again. And, and, again, again. and again and
0: again. But yet we can point to so many times in our past, and, and, and that's probably, you know, another show, but so many times in our past where there's so many mysteries... That we've looked at, you know, everything from the story of, of Jesus to the pyramids that really point to a different story. Exactly. But we have really gone out of our way to, to make sure that that which we cannot see or that which we cannot experience personally must not be true. I, I want to thank you for joining us here today and, and I wanted to ask you this question. First of all, let's make sure everyone has the website. You know, the fabulous book, um, many many teachings in here, uh, and, and it's just beautiful. A Swan in Heaven conversation between two worlds. And if you go to the website swaninheaven.com, you're going to be able to find out more information. I wanted to ask you, Terry, what is your personal message for all of us today? And I'm sure that both you and Danny will be will be answering that question.
1: Um, well, I, I would say that it's to experience something differently change the way you look at it. Oh, that's great. That's, I mean, that's as simple as I can put it. And, you know, it's just a matter of shifting perception a tiny little bit. And the whole thing moves forward. I was teaching a class the other day, and we were using the example of a kaleidoscope how if your awareness is increased about something, for instance, people listening to this show have now had new information given to them and their awareness about death and after death has perhaps increased. A tiny little grain of sand, a little bit new awareness, new way of looking at things. That tiny little piece of increased awareness shifts everything. Like when you turn a kaleidoscope, all the little pieces move into another place. And that is the process of allowing that to happen and understanding that that does happen. No one is the same after having this conversation. No one is the same after having any conversation. Absolutely. I mean, everything is constantly moving you. And so I guess the thing to say would be, allow it to be something different.
0: Well, this is, for me, uh, probably one of the most inspirational hours I've spent on radio. What a great reminder for all of us. And thank you so much for joining us here today. And thank you, Danny. Oh,
1: thank you so much, Pat.
0: Wow, what a great show. If you've missed any part of this, I would encourage you to download the archive. You can go to the com or bbsradio.com. Thank you all for tuning in. Thanks to all of our friends at BBS Radio for making this happen. And for all of you tuning into the show, remember this, you truly do have everything inside you. It's up to you to make sure that you bring the best of who you are out into the world. Until next week, have a great week. We'll see you right back here then.
1: So, is way too high overgrown. You can barely see the ground or touch the sky. Your high horse is taken off and left to you. Nowhere to be found. Stranger soul, for you never know when it's your last step final breath. Throwing your tips, you dance
0: done, some curtain call.